This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. You're missing out on poker night for this? On poker night, yeah. Oh, jeez. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits entire wanting nothing if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not and it shall be given him but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven is Reverend Devon divine of false prophet for let not that man think that he shall receive anything sent here to Lord. lead us astray a doubting double-minded man is unstable in all his ways let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted but the rich or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom I'm dr. mark come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this December 11th episode. How are you, Devin? Uh, I'm good. I just realized it's my brother, my brother's birthday. Uh, didn't think about that. Not that we talk much anymore. How's it going over there? Uh, it's very snowy. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, we were supposed to. Some friends of mine and I, my roommates, we were going to go to a nearby city, a big city called Birmingham, and we were going to go watch a musical called, or a, a symphony, the play of the Messiah, with this big orchestra and this famous band and stuff. Uh-huh. And we paid a lot of money for tickets, and we were all ready to go, and it snowed like crazy. And so... We call up a we call like 
you know, five or six different cab companies and nobody would come pick us up. Till one guy finally says, okay, I'm going to come pick you up like Uber. Uh-huh. And we get in the car, he turns around the corner and we're like, you know, we're running a little bit late because we couldn't find anybody. Uh, will we get there on time? He's like, yeah, half an hour. We'll be there. No problem. But he turns the corner <laughs> and it just stuck in traffic. And we didn't even move for an hour. <laughs> and so after we end up running like a 50 or $60 bill on the cab just for sitting there, we're just like, you know, we're just going to get out and walk home because it was, he couldn't move. He couldn't get out. So <laughs> in the middle of this raging snowstorm, we got out in our Sunday best and walked a mile or two back home in the snow <laughs> after spending like 50 or 60 bucks each to go to the play that we couldn't go to it's like man each oh man I've... it was like just to go to the fish and chip shops and my my buddy holds up his crappy little sandwich and he's like this cost me 60 bucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow wow that was crazy what we do things we do if it snows right if it snows an inch here they shut down the town yeah <laughs> Is that all it was? Just an inch of snow? Is it, well, it was a few inches. Yeah, it wasn't bad? I, I was thinking, you know, like five feet, you know, something like that. I know, right? No, in Utah, they would have laughed. But here, <laughs> the taxi driver's like, there's no way. The roads are totally iced over. I'm like, well, I mean, there's a little snow. <laughs> Not bad. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I lived in Boston, too. It was terrible over there, and even Ohio. Oh, yeah. And it gets so deep. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. My roommates here are from, like, New York and stuff. So yeah. we're all used to the cold. So you're missing out on poker night now. Instead of the play, no, I'm missing out on into, poker night. The play turned into poker night. Huh? Right. Cool. Well, let's make it worth it. Let's do it. I don't know where to start now, though. Jeez. I don't know. I've been thinking about it since then, like, how much... Because we've talked about free will, how we don't really have free will and stuff. And I'm like, how much control do we really have over our universe? Like, one part of us, the big part, the big existential part that's connected to God, controls everything. It writes the script. Yeah. But then, like, the other part has absolutely no control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the other part's the experiencer of it. You know, the one one creates it, and the other is deliberately out of the know so that it can experience it. Like, even if it comes into the know, we want it to go back into the unknown <laughs> so that it can right. experience it again. I mean, that's the whole purpose of it. Like, we didn't develop it so it can be the same thing as the knower, you know, the creator. So we want it to not know so it can be, you know, experience all the things of not knowing and what it's for. And that's the somewhat of an expansive or extension of itself, even though in itself it has to cut it off in order to be an extensive part So it seems like it's less, but it's more, you know. It's an experience of what we already had, what we already have. So we, we're we actually one with everything. We actually have everything. We actually 
are successful in everything. We, <laughs> but you don't know what that means. You don't know what that feels like until you go into an experience of quite literally not having anything and coming into, you know, Christmas presents. Oh, and it's funny how even my child, Atreyu, now already is like happy about, you know, toys. And then, you know, they're on the floor. He's kicking them around in the next hour or so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty amazing how we do that. It's like, <laughs> it's like we already want to do that with this world. I mean, we created a whole physical experience. And a lot of people are ready to just, okay, I'm done with this. Kick it around on the floor kind of an idea. Right. Especially when we get into the spiritual experiences. It's like, oh, no, now this is something that's cool. It's like, <laughs> oh, what you had for eternity is cool now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, that was the point of coming out of the no, so that now the no is cool. Now the no is exciting. Even though you had it all the time. <laughs> you had it for eons and eons and eons, and you were kind of bored of it in the same fashion you're bored already of this life. Mm. So we came down here to get out of the no, so we could experience coming back into the no. Yeah. I, know, I understand your intentions, but as far as down here, it doesn't completely imply the right idea. But in a way, yeah, it is down as far as in degree of information that is available. Uh, down in percentage. Um, it does feel down as far as gravity is concerned, but up and down is only within this experience. Like Here and there is only within this experience. It is the actual representation and the manifestation of the knowledge of good and evil right and wrong, up and down, good and bad, here and there all opposition I've been thinking about that lately too like good and evil and I think you just think a lot I think a lot about <laughs> random stuff right? <laughs> I don't know what's been starting it lately but I've been thinking about, like, is this good or is that bad? You know, is this God real? Is that God not real? Is there a God and a devil? Is there these dichotomies that we're always taught to, like, believe in and act on and stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. There was a time, and I've always been kind of raised to believe, like, yes, I know the difference between A and B. But anymore, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a difference. I don't know if one of them's better than the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky because they're all helpful on a specific level of your perceptual motivation, let's say. That's a good word. Just like I just scratched my back with this back scratcher, and that was really nice at the time. But <laughs> as, as far as, you know, one can question, if we get to the molecular structure focused, you know, was there even an itch in the back? I mean, what was it? Like there's a bunch of things it could be, just a movement of molecules or something, or even not even palpable on that level. But until we get to the cellular level, then we see some sort of movement happening, something happening there. That it starts coming into definition. And then, you know, on this physical level, on its own, a body on itself wouldn't think anything of it. I mean, we see dead bodies not moving, scratching themselves all the time. But when it has life and this consciousness in it, 
then it's perceiving this body in a certain fashion that then experiences particular molecules moving around to be certain types of experiences. And so it's kind of the same deal is that when we think of God and uh, whatever God is currently, whatever we believe God to be currently, is more of a motivation to do something. Like, we might not understand it relating it to simply scratching the back, but something like going to get food is more of a motivation to go to a different positioning in the mind. So I'm kind of saying it in a funny fashion, but it's like there's a far greater level of understanding and the purpose of what we're doing than what seems to be the motivation and the focus right now. Like, it, that, I mean, that electron jumping over there doesn't exactly think of it as a fashion, oh, we got to make this body itch, <laughs> you know, or whatever it was. You know, it, it, just like us, we have a purpose that seems to be a motivation in our lives. But as far as even a greater perspective, you know, what is it to the world? Mm. So we go from temporary limited motivation to motivation, but really there's like this overarching course through an experience that we're having. Yeah. Overarching, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of coming into the recognition of an eternal perspective has a far more, you know, deliberate purpose to this reality mm -hmm. than what seems to be the purpose we would comprehend and find the meaning of our lives. And even when you get into the spiritual uh, a Course in Miracles practice, a lot of people, including myself on my journey, I wanted to transcend the world. I saw that as my purpose. I saw that as what I was called and designed to do. And yet, let's say, when I do that, or if I did that, regardless if it actually happened or not, to the eternal perspective, you know, when that happens, then what? You know, what's... <laughs> Okay, your purpose was only to transcend the world. Is it to transcend the world when you did it? When you did transcend the world? Is it to forgive the world when you, or the salvation of the world when it's already done? You know, what's the purpose of the eternal perspective that went into that? And you can see that there, yes, an overarching perspective of what, seeing our reality, there's a bigger plan to this whole occurrence that only really this eternal perspective would actually be able to comprehend and recognize. That, My buddy yeah, said... Let me... One real quick. There might be levels to what the purpose is in life, and some might be more helpful or holier than others, but ultimately, you know, none of them reach that purpose of eternity. Go ahead. Well, when this... We were in the taxi, and we got out of the taxi, and everything kind of blew up and we gave up and we're walking back in a snowstorm and we were talking about it and somebody brought up well you know everything happens for a reason so there was there was reason in this there had to be some reason this happened yeah. and i think you know we want there to be some big reason but is there or is it all just this whole experience is just well this we experience? also 
when you're thinking of reason, you're also thinking of the actions, like the actual performing or going into the taxi or anything. But what would be, I mean, as your eternal perspective is also focused on Mark very intently, you know, what would its purpose be as far as using Mark and making that decision and going on, on that path and achieving that and failing at that and then <laughs> paying $60 for a burger or whatever. And, you know, like there's an eternal perspective that makes this impossible to comprehend. Right. Like the purpose isn't about the doing, but so much as... You know, you have hundreds and hundreds and thousands of attachments in this world. What is it to let go of another one? Well, eventually, you'll be coming back to that awareness of that eternal perspective. As if the only thing that keeps you from it are the specific attachments that you have in the world, of believing that you're doing this thing in the world. So, what that eternal perspective is gaining that I can make a world of complete lost and confusion and I can know and train myself at any moment to come out of it. Like, how can I capture and trap a god, even as myself, <laughs> and then escape at the same time? That nothing, even anything that I make, will be a challenge thereafter. And we think, I mean, just in this little world, we get into challenges. Oh, I feel trapped in this car and it's traffic. Mm -hmm. That's just a little version of the same thing. And you really feel trapped when you try and escape this body. And you're like, oh, crap, I can't get out. <laughs> without killing it. Right. Without taking a huge step. Yeah, so you can kind of see that these are little trainings in that same practice. But eventually, ultimately, all of them are just specific ways of doing it, just a way of living, just a way of experiencing, you know, just a way of entertaining this eternal expanse. So when we have these experiences then... Is it just experiences to help us to let go of these attachments? As far as in life, I would say, according to the perspective, yeah, if you see there being an issue or a problem or something you don't like or accept, then yes, that's, that's something there for you, is to learn to move into the process of forgiveness, which leads into open-mindedness. And an experience of, of confidence and relaxation. Almost in that very same fashion. Is that this God figure, if it knows itself, is not bothered by anything. And it, it deliberately created and made this experience. Why would it be bothered by it? <laughs> so we want to use the process of forgiveness, which is letting go of what we believe it is. And opening our mind to what it really is and we learn to accept this situation so it's a lot of practice you see a lot of monks kind of doing this without maybe as consciously as that knowing that that's where it's going but just 
accepting every situation and just observing it as it is, is ultimately going and leading to that recognition of what is it that can be completely confident and relaxed in this situation. So how do we, like, what is it that keeps us so emotionally attached to all this stuff? Is it just because we don't know better or we don't have the practice or something? Well, it's kind of just part of the journey is we, you know, went into something so deep, so far into this idea of being separate from everything so that we can come to know each little bit, little bits by little bits to waking up to the whole totality of what we originally were but it's that it's those little bits that seem like you know scaling a wall you know along the journey along this maze it seems like it's a lot of little things a lot of problems difficulties riddles ways of thinking that seem like a big deal Mm -hmm. But some way, there is some way, and that's what's so beautiful about A Course in Miracles, is that some way there is to get out of your mind that you think and what you think of as real, to recognize that eternal aspect above the maze, looking down on where to go in the maze, above this battleground as it's referred to, and can have this sense of peace while still moving and acting in the world, but not of it. I think that's what a lot of like Mormon church stuff, that's what they always teach is to try to have a bigger perspective. You know, don't get so hung up on stuff. You know, remember the big perspective. They give lessons on like, you know, (laughs) you don't always get the happy ending in life because there's more afterlife. There's a bigger perspective. And I'm like, it's, it's good and helpful and I love it and it helps me. But sometimes like, you just get so mired up in everything that it's like, yeah, but is it really there? <laughs> is it ever going to happen? It's true. It's true. I think that's what I struggle with. It's just like, how, how do I connect to that something bigger? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, since I've been doing this intensive stuff, this recordings of, going through the Course in Miracles lesson by lesson, and, you know, you start to notice that the first few and the first part of the Course is all about breaking down what you believe is real, uh, simply going at the source of where anything is happening to recognize where you are perceiving from and where you're at. And it makes it a lot easier when you do it properly that when you you, when you kind of get out I don't have the words when you (laughs) when you're thinking your life is out here you don't have the ability to change it and even uh, out on the sensations of emotions as well is kind of out here like you don't have the ability to change it and and even this space of these thoughts uh, that that seem to change all the time. You don't have the ability to change it, and it's it's pretty much stripping away everywhere you don't have the ability to change, and you don't have, 
you know, the understanding it takes or the authority it takes to change it. And so you're, you're retracting back into the position where your mindset has to be in order to change any of it. And yet when you get there, you know, it's not about changing any of this. It's not about changing the world, changing your emotions, changing your thoughts. Uh, it, it, as it brings you through these first lessons and stuff, it's, it's letting go of all of this letting go of all this this is all meaningless so that you can recognize where the authority is and the second part of the course is is about establishing that second part or establishing that place in which you're perceiving from and in that authority you know but you have to recognize where it's at a lot of people do these lessons kind of superficially and don't realize that this is what it's attempting to do that you know, you can't identify with anything. You can do anything, but to identify with it and to think it's you is to not recognize this position in which you actually are. So until you're trained that in a fashion that none of this stuff is what you're doing or what means anything to you, uh, when you recognize the reality of who you are, then you can live from a fully different perspective. You can live from a fully different type of experience that brings about all different types of occurrences and it comes and goes but it it's not the same obsession or problem as it was before your mind was trained but now you will come from this place where you recognize oh it all c comes from me which is further down the line and understanding that the way you live in this world is by how you think and believe and that's that deeper understanding that greater vastness of what the creator is Yeah. I I think when I get to that place where I'm like, is there even anything bigger? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that I'm so locked into this identity. Yeah. Like I have to chop wood and carry water and you know, this is my whole life. Is there anything else? Because all I know is this little Dr. Mark identity, you know, day by day. Yeah. Yeah, you're obsessed so the first step with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I feed him pay for him <laughs> we gotta have uh, a DMAA DMRAA let's do that Dr. Mark anonymous well I guess you don't need the alcoholic part but <laughs> yeah, I really am contemplating of thinking of IA you know I Identity uh, 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 Anonymous or something. Identity oh, yeah. Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what A Course of Miracles is really starting out and bringing this into. That you, if you don't question what you think is real, even as Mark or the Mark's world, then you won't recognize who you actually are. So it has to start with this. You have to start questioning the reality of Mark and and all this good stuff. <laughs> and then it opens up, you know, you, you start to see a different variation. You know, it it's it's nerve-wracking, though. You know, you, don't, you never know what's going to happen with Mark and Mark's life. And it's going to seem to get dramatic around there because it will, 
tried to say, hey, no, this is really real stuff. This is really happening, and you're going to believe it. You're going to fall for it time and time again. And it's perfectly natural, perfectly normal. But one one day, you're kind of realize that this is what Mark's doing. This isn't what you're doing. And you start to see a difference between you and Mark. And it starts coming from a different place. <laughs> so rather than looking out and saying, you know, is there really a God? Is there really yeah. a heaven and stuff like that? Is there really a mark? Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's where I should start. Yeah. Is there really a mark? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we like to make it about all these different things so we don't focus on where their problem actually is. Like we think, you know, it's out there. Oh, is that is that really happening? Regardless of it's, you know, is war really happening? Is God really happening? You know, we want to make it about all these other different things way out here, way, way out here. So that we don't focus on, you know, where is it happening in here? I mean, when Mark first started showing up, you asked it all the time and you were questioning your thoughts and starting to hear this voice in your head and you're like thinking you know should i trust this guy (laughs) i remember and seeing and relating with my son and some things he does i remember doing things or my body would do things that i didn't even approve of and i'm like i don't know why i did these i don't know why Mm. my mom's like why are you doing that why are you like, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. You know, and there was already, there was still this uh, disassociation to the body and the personality and the actuality of myself until I started accepting this responsibility. Oh, I don't like the suffering of being, being punished and all this stuff. So I have to, you know, establish control over myself. In other words, I have to believe this is me. And that's what the whole point was, was that this whole thing was just trying to convince you that it is you and it's going to do whatever it takes so that you believe this is you so you can actually experience this separation you know it's going to not move until you think in correspondence to moving its body and then it will move and you're like oh hey look I just moved my hand oh oh that's how I move it oh and I think this almost until we forget that the actual thinking has nothing to do with moving a body we're so obsessed now with the thinking in the fashion in which represents and manifests as a body that's the training in which we've already went down of limitless or limitedness and lack of miraculousness and now the only way to experience a course of miraculousness is to do this you know your child's already gone through it. My children have gone through it. And now they can start to go through a course of miraculousness and limitlessness. But you can't do that unless you already start out going through a limited perspective. Accepting a limited perspective of separation and this experience of the world. That's true. I remember being a kid, like in kindergarten or second grade or something. And we were coloring papers, and they would give us just these really plain papers with just simple lines, pictures of stuff, and we would color in the white spaces. 
And I was so frustrated because I would scribble and it would cross the line. And I'm like, no, I want my house to be red on the inside. And then I want the sky to be blue on the outside. I don't want to cross through. And I couldn't tell my hand, don't cross the line. It would just kind of, it was out of control. And so I asked this girl, I'm like, how do you color so that you don't scribble and go across the lines? And she's like, well, go really slow and be careful. No, what I learned later is, you know, your myelin sheaths have to develop. I didn't have control. But it frustrated me to no end. And so I spent all these years trying to get control over this body. Yeah. And now I can't stop identifying with it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like we got into a movie theater and this... (laughs) This theater, you know, can imagine it's you're seeing your parents and they're talking to you like you're a baby and you're just like in this theater, you're like, wait, are they they they're not talking to me, are they? I mean this is this is just a movie, <laughs> right? And then you know, you start doing things and you realize you have this council or con- console in front of you of buttons and stuff. And you know, it comes down the lines of of almost if you push some of these, oh look at that, my hand went up. Oh, oh, oh look at that, <laughs> I, I opened my eyes. I, oh, this button, wow, it, I got all this screaming going on. That's great. You know, I think of Inside Out, the movie Inside Out. Right. And and you start to see that oh, I can start doing stuff in this movie. Wow, it's it's like I'm in this movie. And then we we almost forget that we you know came from outside and came into it. Because we're so obsessed with it, we're like, oh, you know, it's this game now that we're completely involved in, and we're just getting so really good at pushing all these buttons so we can get, oh, look at it, I can be really fast, like Spider-Man or something. And, you know, I got these skills and these talents, and I, I can say all these problems and f- solutions and all this good stuff, and, you know, it, it seems to be improving this movie, improving what's going on. But ultimately, once you you kind of realize that, you know, you really have absolutely no control of what's going on in the movie. Uh, I I give a controller for a game to Atreyu. It's so cute because his brother is playing, his older brother is playing the game, but he thinks he's playing the game. He's pushing <laughs> these buttons for hours. He's like thinking he's playing Minecraft and he's has no idea what he's doing, but he thinks he's doing it. <laughs> And it's kind of like that. We just see a correlation between, you know, the body and our button pushing. Like, in the reality of it, they just, uh, this body situation just wants you to be convinced that you're doing this. So it's, it wants you to think in this way, and then it's going to move. It wants you to think in this fashion, and then it's going to speak. It wants you to think in this, and so then it's actually training you to think in body ways, body life, right? Mm-hmm. So n- that's how we get into this whole, yes, it's me, it's my world, it's obsessed, I'm, this is all I got. And now we need to think if we really want something else, just like how we got into this world, we had a thinking correspondence of it, or else we were just going to die. The spiritual world is in the same fashion. You need to think in correspondence to the actual laws and the occurrences of what's there, you you know, it doesn't. It, they don't completely relate. This world has opposition. You can do things and not do things, good and bad. And the other one, you know, has different laws where it's all just kind of this law of one. 
and this law of love, and there really is no opposition to it. So if you go into it with opposition, you're just going to be here still, be in this world, because you're going to see the spiritual universe, but through perception of opposition, and then project an image of opposition, an experience of opposition on it. So you're not actually going to see it. It's, it's kind of in the reality of it is what's happening right now. Like you see only the spiritual universe, but your thinking is showing you something else. You're still in the Garden of Eden, but you still accept this knowledge of good and evil, so you think you're cast out. So we need to train our minds to think again in what manifests and shows us this spiritual universe. Or else we won't, you know, we won't have the vision to see it. You following me there? And so, the way simple. to do that, you're saying that the beginning of the course is to look at what you can control and, like, what you can't. Yeah. 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 So it really gets, it gets down into, I know you haven't, you haven't started yet, but you, you do want to start. But it does start, you know, questioning uh, everything I see doesn't mean anything. I just think of that. And that's pretty intense. <laughs> I mean, that's lesson one. Nothing I see means anything. <laughs> then you look over at your child and you're like, oh, except for this one. I mean, this one means something. I and mean, there's all different degrees. You're like, okay, I'm willing to go down to, like, 50%. Things mean nothing. You know, this trash over here means nothing. Right. This, this sculpture, yeah, I made it. That was great. It meant something years ago, but not now. It doesn't mean anything. Then you look at your wife and kids, and you're like, oh, well. No, no, this means something. That means something. And we think it's about the objects. Like, that's the whole point is, like, you're starting you're not really applying it to what you see you're applying it to what you think you see and that's the key word there is think you're applying it to what you think so this isn't about necessarily getting rid of anything this isn't about you know i gotta slaughter and kill everything because it means nothing <laughs> to me you know this isn't about any doing or anything this is about if you really want to recognize your reality you have to stop thinking this reality means something. And a lot of people do have concerns about their family. Well, what about my family and kids, you know? I, yeah, I don't want to leave them. No, in, in this understanding of the actuality of what's there and who your family actually is, is already there waiting for you. So that's the best way I can describe it. That there's nothing to worry about leaving your family. They're already there waiting for you. They're like... You're, you're actually seeing the spiritual universe, and you've made them into separate people. And they're like, hey, come on, recognize us as one love. <laughs> recognize our spiritual essence. You know, what? you hear, I want a Baba. What? Mm. You know, <laughs> so come to that understanding. So the, it's a responsibility. Oh, I'm the only one doing this. I'm the only one seeing this. I'm the only one that can change this. And we're going deep into that essence. So that's where we, we're applying it to the thoughts of the things, not so much the things. Things don't matter. We're not talking about the things. This is a mind training, not, not a you know observation 
of judgment and what is important and what's not. It's like when when we were kids, we used to play on like N64 Mario Kart, you know. We'd all be on the same TV with a, four different corners. Yeah. And we'd be playing a game and sometimes I'd watch the wrong screen. Yeah. And sometimes I'd watch it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm going around the corner. And then someone's like, dude, Mark, you're getting killed. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude, you're bottom left. Oh. Like, dude, you're <laughs> running into a wall for the past half an hour. I know. <laughs> I have done that. And the whole time I'm like, I'm like, how come this doesn't turn left when I say left? It's right. You know, it's, it's slow and it's laggy. And what's going on? How come I don't have any control? Well, you never had control. The thing that you have control over is not even on the part of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you got to look. <laughs> Yeah, look at the right, the right screen. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like to be a baby. Let me tell you. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, I can talk, mom. And oh, you're so cute, saying the goo goo gaga. Like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't say goo goo gaga. I said, yeah, I can talk. I'm I'm here. How's it going? It's like, oh, you're blowing bubbles. Look at you, cutie. Mm. Like what? And so we had to think in correspondence to it. And so we started forgetting everything that we once knew because we were in this training of thinking in this world. So that's what a lot of people would tell you, you know, children remember. But, you know, the, it's the body that can't show it. You know, yeah, they, they understand completely. They understand more than you think. And even if they were to give you an eyebrow or something, it's going to come out differently to prove that they don't know. You know? They're like, oh, did he just wink at me? Yeah, maybe mm. he knows. I know, he's just pooping. Okay. <laughs> but you have to be willing to accept that what you see doesn't mean anything. Let go of that attachment. Yeah. It, it does come into this sense of responsibility. That's just lesson one. Lesson two is everything I see mean, or I give everything I see the meaning it has for me. Hmm. So now it goes into this sense of responsibility. Okay. So this, my family and images and this sculpture or whatever means something because I've given it meaning. And as it goes along, it goes into lesson seven is I see only the past. And most likely anything that you see, meaning like I have this Pikachu over here that my daughter, stepdaughter gave it to me. And I'm like, well, you know, in the moment right now, does that have any meaning to me at all? Absolutely not. I mean, it's some weird. I mean, it's cute. But it's like you see only the past. It's referring to like this meaning and that we're actually obsessed with all these past ideas and like oh yeah this means to me because of this and this means to me because of that and this thing I went through and all that we've been through together and so on and so on and it's really just a projection of our minds to make this occurrence actually seem worth it and meaningful this whole ability to remember yesterday or even years ago. I was walking somewhere once, like in a mall or something. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
I turned around a corner and there was a a window or something, but it was dark and it was reflective. And I thought it was a hallway, but like a dark hallway or something. <laughs> and I saw somebody down there and I look at this person and I'm like, ah, oh, who the heck is this guy? Like, I don't know if I trust this guy. And I'm like, well, maybe I should go around. And then I realized, I'm like, wait, that's me. And then the image changed all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, that's my face. And I remembered it and I painted this whole world of preconceived notions I had on it. It was a totally different person. Yeah. Yeah, and like you like second where I, like you didn't even recognize him because you didn't look at him in the eye or didn't look at his face or didn't even try to see that it's you. Right. It's funny how that that even relates to everybody in a sense. It's like if you look at him with your spiritual eye in the same way, you're recognized yourself as well. But right now, the images do different things, so they have independent free wills, which makes it seem like, oh no, it's not me, I'm this body. Uh, that's the number one repeated thing in throughout the course. I am not this body. I am actually still free, like God created me. Kind of made it sound cuter. <laughs> so what do you do like after the course is over how do you oh, keep doing yeah. it do you just do it over again that's up to you <laughs> it depends on how much you have actually dived into it dove into it you know and yeah you have this internal guidance that would take you through things and what you feel is important or still has meaning and you're usually go through these different experiences of attempting to relinquish that and heal that and so it's as it does say you know this is actually just a beginning of a whole nother experience and you know a lot of people read that and they're like oh it's, it's pretty much saying well if you got to this lesson then you still got more to go uh you know you can do the ascension anytime anytime you want but if you still think you're doing this world you still have purpose to it you still give meaning to it and so you're still doing something. So like even that idea, you're already assuming there's an after. You know, so mm -hmm. a lot of people do the course over and over again, uh, often doing this same thing over and over again, you know, expecting different results, <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> so we have to, if you're really going to do it again, then you, you have to do it in more intense fashion if you really want something more out of it. And it's like... I, I say, you, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Now, for me, the reason I only did it once, and then I gave up everything. I, I wanted, you know, only God. So, you know, it's not what everybody should do or anything, but I, I left my family, I left my wife, I, I left, I got rid of, I just threw everything away, and, and I just started traveling following this guidance. And, you know, that's not what for everybody's guidance is going to tell them. So we don't have to be concerned about that. It's, mm -hmm. it's between you and, and spirit. And so as far as that, I just, you know, I knew that if I'm leaving, if I'm transcending the world, if I'm ascending, then I have to go through the desert. You know, I have to make, I have to actually go. I, I, I'm not going to be here to maintain my job. I'm not going to be here to maintain my family. I'm not going to be here to do anything. So it was a big process of letting go of all of it. 
And not everybody is ready to let go of all of it. I mean, especially when you do see your family importance, and I, I'm not condoning leaving and children and such, but we have this idea that we can have both. And the thing about it is that there are levels and degrees to this practice, and you don't have to go all the way yet. You know, we don't have to worry about going all the way accidentally. You know, mm-hmm. there's happiness and peace of mind, peace of God, in fact, uh, along the way that you train your mind to think in the fashion of this alternate universe, and you can find this happiness and peace throughout life as it is. And you're still just, just recognize that you're still practicing, practicing until you're ready to do it. It's kind of like practicing dying until you're ready to die. You know, practice and you can live, keep living as far as the body's concerned until you're ready. Okay, oh, I know what I'm doing now. I know how to do it. I'm not afraid of death. I can just go. And as much as we want to say death is happening, it's really when you're doing it, this transcendence happening. And that transcending is more of an idea of the world than it is a world, an actual place. So if, if I'm going to do this, because I really want to do this course with you when you started in January, and you talk about, like, you get out of it what you put into it, what, what should I do to get ready to take it? Like, how do you put more into it? Well... I would say decide on how much you want out of it. And, you know, if that is a happy, successful life, then you also have to maintain your life. Understand that. Okay? But as far as your mind's concerned, you can put all your mind into it. And you'll find that you'll be able to be there for your activities even more than you were before. And just have time set aside for full immersion of your mind into this practice and using the exercises and the meditations in which are provided and so on. Uh, but as if you're ready to transcend the world, as some people say, I just want that. Yeah, I, I just want, and likely they don't have much of a family experience or something. And again, I'm not saying leave your family or anything. That's totally up to you. I want to make sure that's clear <laughs> and <laughs> everybody that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a mission. You know, I see it as it was my mission, even though I'm not practicing, uh, you know, Mormonism at the, and uh, it was all this, but it was, it was my mission in life. And I said my purpose in life to do this. And it was a service in a different fashion. And now I'm here to provide this service. But it did. It was a lot of hardships. You know, I even got married again amongst the ver- amongst the traveling, and it was mostly just because we were both guided to do it. And so it had brought up all this emotional stuff and past ideas and grievances of the first marriage that I left to do this. So then I can experience it, heal it, and all this. So we healed it together, and you know. If, it, it, it was part of the whole process. I, you had to be guided to do that. I had to put guidance first to even go into that. But, so if you're in it for ascension, if you're in it for full divine realization, 
then you got to understand that that all means uh, there's no more world left. There's no more, you know, the whole universe disappears. So, I mean, if you think you can hold on to your yearbooks and, and your job, <laughs> you know, and the universe disappears, you know, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have to actually act, uh, you know, like I did, throwing it all away. You don't act, you know, you can be doing it, looking through that yearbook as the universe disappears. Because it's a whole different occurrence. Universe as in the physical universe. Right. So you should get an idea of what it is you want out of the program before you start. In a way, uh, I don't think you need to hold on to it. Uh, I don't think you need to review it every day or anything. But just kind of a, a how far you're going to go. And a lot of people do this course for 20 years and they have yet to do any transcendence or ascension process or anything. And, and still expect to get out of the dream and yet they're not doing it. And you, don't, you only need to do it once uh, if you really want that. But you have to recognize if it didn't happen, I don't actually want it. So we need to get to a real authentic place, an honest place of what we actually do want and just be honest with ourselves you know it's perfectly fine to I want to train my mind to live in a happy dream a happy version of this world that's perfect perfectly acceptable it even talks about that yeah it's just understand it's only a transition from a, a miserable world to a happy world to beyond world but that could be 50 years down the road who cares? Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so you should be open to guidance from spirit too then. Yes, that's very crucial. Now this is more about uh, as far as anything you're doing or saying or anything like that. You're here to represent that. You know, you're here to follow that guidance not uh, do it in any other way but what you feel guided to do. Like sometimes someone will say a story about what they've done and it will inspire you, you'll feel motivated about it. And if it's just simply, you know, a calling, like a calling within you, you're like, oh, I feel this, then yeah, then follow it, do it. But often, you know, even some people saying, hey, you should do it this way or you should worry about doing it right or wrong or anything. And then, you know, you feel like this discomfort and you're like, no, nah, I don't know. Uh, and then you think of something else that's telling you a way of, of gentleness and comfort that, that sounds better, you know, and then you f kind of follow that guidance. But as far as also, um, this guidance will, depending on how much you're willing to go into it, it will take you into places where are uncomfortable, but you're, you don't mind anymore. You're like, you're willing to do it. And that's, that's where that willingness really comes in, into play here. Is like you're willing to disregard what you think about this situation because you value the healing that is available more than your opinion. Yeah. To be able to go through those hard places. Yeah, and like they're only defined as hard places by that personal self, that opinion 
giver, maker thing. Like it, you want to recognize, and the reason it, it takes you through these things is because you want to recognize that you're all powerful and can be completely peaceful absolutely all the time. So it's kind of like filling in the holes where you think the problem is. Go to recognize that there is no problem there. But you <laughs> you surely think there was. So you're you know if if you de- if you're dedicated more to your opinion of it, then you're you're probably going to kick and scream and fight it. But if you're more dedicated to the awakening process, to this ascension process, then you put that first. And you let and move your way through it. Forgiveness is the recognition that what you once thought had power over you, you, know, you have power over it because its reality is not as solid and finite as you think it is. And you're infinite. So that is our time, Mark. Mm. Yeah, so I just wanted to share as I'm. Uh, this intensive course is going to be available as the people most likely listening to this are already in it Uh, starting January we're getting into a deep intensive course at this time if you really want to do the course it's about ascension not just happiness and peace and you're going to do it this time find out more information about that or contact Dr. Mark or myself at openandclear.com all right. Have a beautiful day, Mark. You too. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs>